0: Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Are you happy? Yes. That's a little weak, but I'll take it. Uh, <laughs> go to Luke, the fourth chapter. It's, uh, we've been, when I've been with you on a series for a while now that we're calling The Word of Power. The Word of Power. We, we had the previous series, we talked about faith in the power. And so this is a continuation is connected to that. The word of power. In Luke the fourth chapter we see references to Jesus. And the things, uh, one of the main things that was remarkable about him and his ministry. Verse uh Twenty-two. When he had begun to speak, Luke four twenty-two, they all bear him witness and uh, wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, "Is not this Joseph's son?" If you skip down to verse thirty-two, thirty-two, it says they were astonished at his doctrine. We'd say at his teaching, for his word. Was with power. Everybody said out loud, "His word, his was, word. With was with power." His now notice. Um, it didn't say they were intrigued by it. <laughs> they were noticed. They noticed it. They were what? Astonished. astonished at how he spoke. And and what was it about his words that astonished them? The power of his words the power of his words we see uh, later in this same text uh the very next verse that there was a man in the synagogue that had an unclean spirit and verse 35 jesus commanded and said hold your peace and come out of him now i want you to notice there is no negotiation No discussion. Right? This is not a request. <laughs> Come on, are y'all with me? Uh, and uh, it said that that's what happened in verse 36. He came out. And verse 36, they were all what? Amazed. This is some of the same thing as astonished. And they spoke among themselves. And they said, what'd they say? What a word. This is, uh, uh, for with authority and power, he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. His word was with power. And that's what we're talking about in this series. And here they said his word was with authority and power. And these are two different words. And it's it's actually a little bit... Um, of a challenge with the King James because they they mix, the translators mix them up sometimes. And so you really have to kind of do a little bit of study to see, because there's a word for uh, exosia is the word for authority, and dunamis is the word for power. And they're not the same word. Um, it's like um, a police officer, for instance. Uh, the uniform... The badge is, and they're, you know, being authorized by whatever branch they serve, that's the exousia. That's authority. But the, uh, the pistol and the 200 pounds is dunamis. If you don't have some dunamis, the exousia won't be respected. If you don't have some power, then the authority uh, won't be respected. And it's, that's the world we live in because there are outlaws. There are those who don't care about what's right. And, and so you gotta have some, some power to back up the authority. Well, Jesus spoke with both authority and power. Now notice with me, if you would, um, over in, um, Mark, the first chapter, the 22nd verse, they'll put it on the screen for us. Mark 1.22, it says a similar thing here. It says, they were astonished at his doctrine. And then it gives you a little more insight. For he taught them as one that had authority and not as the scribes. This is one of the reasons why it surprised them so much. They had heard a lot of um, people speaking in the synagogue with the scribes. They were uh, called the doctors of the law. And it'd be the equivalent of our doctors of divinity today. They spent their entire uh, adult life studying the law and the prophets And those things, and they were the experts on the law. And then you had the priests, and you had the uh, uh, Pharisees, and the Sadducees, and all of those guys. And so they had heard what we would call teaching, speaking in the synagogue. But not like this. Not like this. So what was the difference? He taught them, look at it again, in, in Mark one twenty two. He taught them as one that had authority and not as the scribes. Uh, let's see, look with me. in. You're, you're there in Mark. Go to the 11th chapter of Mark. Now, m- many of us are familiar with Mark 11, 22, 23, 24. These great faith. Verses that uh, Jesus spoke but I want you to notice what it flows into go to the 22nd verse and uh, Mark eleven twenty-two. what had happened in this setting is that Jesus uh, I guess some 24 hours previously they walked by a fig tree and he spoke to the tree and again it was not a negotiation. It was not a request. He just spoke over it. No one eat fruit of you hereafter forever. And that's one of the things that that caught them so by surprise is how confidently and boldly he spoke with authority and power. And so... Some 24 hours later, they came by and saw the fig tree already dried up from the roots, the scripture said. And Peter remarked, look, Lord, the the fig tree's already dried up. And he used that as an opportunity to teach them about faith. He said in verse 22, have faith in God. Or the margin says, have the faith of God. Some say, have the God kind of faith. He's talking about operating in faith like God does. Like he did. And he's telling them they can do it. If you read Matthew 21, the next verse here, in verse 23, he talks about speaking to the mountain. But in Matthew 21, that's Matthew's account of this same happening. He says, if you have faith and doubt not... You'll not only do that which is done to the fig tree, but if you say to this mountain, it'll obey you. So is he telling them they could do what he just did? Yes. He is. And that's what much of the church has missed. They, uh, Jesus' person, his sinless, spotless being, is in a class by itself. Nobody could be our perfect sacrifice except him. But his ministry should not be put in a class by itself. The things he did, the way he prayed, the way he preached and taught, even ministering healing and working miracles was an example for the rest of us to follow. So you need to distinguish between what he did as our sacrifice and our substitute from what he did as our example. Much of the church has put everything that he did in a category unattainable to us. And that has robbed the church. No, he told them they could do what he did. And he had it recorded for all of us to still be talking about it in 2021. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hmm? And didn't he say in John 14, if you believe on me, the works I do, you'll do also. And greater works than these shall you do, because I go to the Father. And he went on to say, if you will ask, or actually that word is also translated require or demand anything in my name, I will do it. Oh, come on, did you hear that? Jesus said, if you'll require anything in my name, I'll do it. That's how we'll be able to do the kind of things he did, because he's backing us up. He's backing us up when we do what he tells us to do. Now, uh, keep reading in verse 23 here. Jesus said, verily I say to you that whoever, so this will work for whoever, will say to this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. This is an amazing, wonderful word from the Master. Two big things he said you have to do to get the results that he has got. One, you've got to say something. And much of the church is still missing it on that. They won't say anything on purpose in faith. Secondly, you've got to believe what you say and not doubt. Now, the word doubt here is the same word that over in James and other places is translated waver. Waver. So, if you will say and not waver in your heart, but believe that what you said will come to pass, you'll have what you say. He didn't just say, you'll have what you say. He said, if you'll say it, and what else? Not doubt. We haven't, we've rushed too, too quickly over that one. Because you hear people saying, well, I, you know, I said it and it didn't work. Well, the first place to look would be right here. Did you waver on it? And that has been the case again and again and again. People said things, but they weren't really convinced of it. They were trying it. They were trying to convince themselves while they're saying it. But you've got to be convinced. Come on, are y'all with me? And that is where there's been failure after failure. Let's read it again. Jesus said, if you'll say, and what? Not doubt in your heart, but believe that what you said comes to pass, you'll have what you said. And you'll find That a powerful word is a bold word. A powerful word is a confident word. A fully persuaded word. That's why if you're not sure if it's God's will for you to be healed or not. You can't speak a word of power over your body. Because you're wavering. Y'all listening? Yes, sir. If you're not sure, if it's God's will for your bills to be paid and for you to even have some nice things, you can't speak a word of power over anything. You're going to be wavering. Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. We hope so. And how much of the church is there? Maybe we hope so. Or m- much of the church thinks, they imagine we're leaving it up to God. It's up to him. And so we don't really know what will happen. We'll just have to wait and see whatever is his will. No, he's revealed his will. And he's told us we have a part to play in it. Amen. But we must get settled. Amen. We must become convinced. Yes. Hallelujah. Are you all okay? Yes, sir. We must become convinced. Uh, keep reading here. Verse uh, 25 or 24, what, what things ever you desire when you pray, believe you receive them, and you shall have them. That same confidence is here. You've got to believe you're praying something according to the will of God. You've got to believe he heard you. You've got to believe it's granted to you. Come mean, you see the boldness, the confidence? And boldness is not something you just work up. Boldness is not something you conjure up. You work up. You're bold because you're sure. Come on, y'all with me, church. You're bold. Say out loud. You're bold because you're sure. What if you're not sure? You're not bold and your words will be powerless. Your words will be Powerless. You have to be convinced. You have to be persuaded. And that's why we keep talking about, you know, hearing the Word. We keep talking about faith school. Why would I need to hear something after I've heard it one time? (laughs) Or why would I need to hear something 50 times before it would start working out of my mouth? Because it took you that long to get persuaded. (laughs) <laughs> it didn't take God a long time. He hadn't changed. He's not going to change. But a lot of times, that's the answer to a lot of people's question, well why is it taking so long? Because it's taking you a long time mm. to get really persuaded. Wow. Not convinced yet. Mm. Not sure yet. And so part of the problem is listen to the right thing part of the time, listen to the wrong thing part of the time. Hmm? Listen to a mixture and a bag of things, and you're confused. And you see that right here, the distinguishing between how Jesus taught and preached and how the uh, doctors of the law did. Keep, keep reading. He said, verse 25, and when you stand praying, forgive. If you have ought against any, that your Father which is in heaven may forgive you. Um, why, why would that be a factor? Again, it has to do with confidence. If my heart is bothering me, because of, again, we talked about that in the offering, about issues with other people, that's going to undermine my confidence. So I, I've got to be confident, and I must not be condemned. Can you see these two big things? For my words to have power. And what, so what does the enemy working against us all the time? To get us guessing, right? Can you see that? And get us condemned. To get us guessing and wondering and unsure and to get us condemned because of our own failures and mistakes. Because he knows if he can keep you questioning and he can keep you condemned, your words will have no power. They'll be empty. Idle words, vain words. But Jesus was convinced. He knew what he had heard from the Father. And he he wasn't yielding and giving place to the enemy, so he had no condemnation. He had no confusion and no condemnation. And his words were powerful. When he spoke... It'd about knock you off the chair. <laughs> well, why, would, why were they astonished? They were like, whoa, did you, did you hear that? Why? Well, skip on down to, uh, let's see, uh, verse 32 or so. If we had time, we'd go through every one of these verses because it, it builds up to it. Um, there was a question. Uh, we'll back up to verse 31. Let me see. Uh thirty F over Jesus asked them uh well, I hadn't gone back far enough. Twenty-eight? Let's try twenty-eight. Uh they said to him, By what authority do you do these things? Uh and and they had a problem with Jesus' boldness. Because, I mean, uh, If they wanted to get mouthy in public, he was bold. (laughs) He would say, you vipers, who warned you to escape hell? He said, you hypocrites. And he's not trying to be mean. It's just the truth. And they are not listening to the truth. They need something to jar them a little bit. And then he had gone in there and and, and turned over the money changers tables and ran them out. Oh, man, they had a problem with that. Because now you're messing with their money. And so they they call him on the carpet, so to speak, in front of other people. And they go, by what authority are you doing these things? Remember, that's one of the things that people were astonished about because he spoke with Authority and power. And by what authority do you do these things? And who gave you this authority? Because see, they think they're the authority. And he didn't come to them and ask permission. And uh, who gave you this authority to do these things? Keep going. Jesus answered them and said, well, I'm going to ask you a question. And answer me. You know, we need to learn this in dealing with the enemy. You don't have to answer all questions. You don't. He said, well, I'm going to ask you a question. (laughs) And you answer me, and then I'll tell you. By what authority I do these things. And they were like, no, no, no. You have to answer us. He's like, no, I don't. How about this? The baptism of John. Keep going. Was it from heaven? Are men? Answer me. <laughs> oh man! And when he, you got to remember, they're doing this in front of the crowd. Right. Yeah. And when he said that, you know, the whole crowd looked at him and like, yeah. <laughs> you you could have felt it. They felt it. Right. They felt the tide has turned. Oh. Because see, they they thought they were going to get Jesus in trouble. They are going to make a big deal out of this. And so verse 31, they reasoned with themselves. And this is the problem. They are their own authority. So they consulted with themselves. (laughs) And in doing that, you will never be confident. You're your own authority. You you hear Christians say, well, i got a right to my beliefs. Not if you're a Christian. If you're a Christian, you're supposed to believe the Bible. You're supposed to believe what the Lord told you. Not just make up things as you go along. Now, if you're not a believer, of course, you can believe anything you want to. Doesn't make it right. You can believe lies. You can be deceived. But they reasoned with themselves. And and, and instead of really trying to see the answer from God, did God really sin, John? I mean, you'd have to show some humility and some honesty to deal with this properly. And you can see their hearts are not right because that was not their... Their big concern was public opinion, not truth. If we say from heaven he'll say well why didn't you believe him then why didn't you go with it keep going and if we say of men they feared the people because all men counted John that he was really a prophet indeed keep going and they answered and said to Jesus we can't tell (laughs) and this was after careful consideration We cannot tell. And Jesus answered and said to them, neither do I tell you. By what authority? He didn't say he couldn't. He said, well, then I'm not telling you either. By what authority? This did not go as they had planned or hoped. Why am I talking about this? This is all in connection Just a few verses earlier is when Jesus taught them about speaking and not doubting in their heart and not wavering. And why are we talking about he he spoke uh, with authority and power, not like the scribes. How did the scribes speak? We're not sure. We can't tell. And this is how intellectualism talks. I know some years ago a friend of mine that I knew back in high school wound up going to seminary. And uh, it was shocking to both of us because we had no intention to being ministers when we were in high school. We were actually a bit rowdy. And <laughs> we like fast cars and, you know, all kind of stuff. And, and so... Um, He winds up in seminary working on his doctorate of theology. And I was uh, over at Rhema involved in healing school and and, and also uh, later allowed to teach some things in, in the Bible school. And so I didn't have a doctorate. In theology, and so I knew he was getting some things that I wasn't getting. So we we had a little conversation one day. We didn't spend much time together, but but I, I was interested. I said, "Tell me, what, man, what what are you learning? What's what's going on?" And he told me about you know in in the study of these things, you have all these ologies, eschatology, you know this ology, that ology, and uh, and so he was talking about one of these areas, and he said. He's studying such a, I said, okay, what, what have you got? What have you found out? He said, well, uh, Dr. So-and-so has this position of, of this about this. And he says, but other Dr. So-and-so has another position. And he described it in detail. He said, but also other Dr. So-and-so. And he described four different right. positions about it. And uh, I said, uh, Okay, uh, what do you believe? He said, well, I see some merit in first Dr. So-and-so's position, but I also see merit in a second Dr. So-and there's a Dr. 3 has a point. And Dr. 4, and, and so I- while he's talking, I realize he's not settled about any of this. And so if he has to use his faith in this area in real life, He's not ready. Because all of these conflicting views cannot be right. Now, there are people who say, well, no, we need to be widely read and appreciate all these different opinions, not if you believe the Bible. If you believe that the Bible is the inspired living word of God, then you believe it's right. And if something contradicts it, it can't be right. That can't be right also. Now this is one of the big things that distinguishes us from other people. And they will call us ignorant. They'll call us narrow-minded, that we're not embracing the larger uh, theological world and pr- appreciating other people's religions and, and, and all of their beliefs. And they're saying, you should be more accommodating. You, you should be more receptive, not according to the Bible. Phyllis and I were talking about this earlier, that people were saying something that, you know, they didn't agree with a certain belief that some of us had. And, that, and the, part, the minister said, well, I, I don't get to choose what I believe. I have a book. It tells me what to believe. And I can't change it. And I don't want to. And that's what you want to do. Don't let people pull you into a you versus them yes. situation. You say, no, 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 I don't make up my own beliefs. I have a book. Oh, somebody say, I have a book. I I, I have a book. And it tells me what to believe. And whether I think so or not, if I'm going to submit to the Lordship of Jesus, I submit to this word. And I say, that's right. It's always been right. It always will be right. Society will change. All kind of opinions will vary. Fads will come and go. But Jesus said heaven and earth will pass away. But my word will never pass away. I believe that. I said I believe that. Church you believe that? Somebody say I have a book. I have a, have have a a book. It tells me what to believe. And see the thing is. The more convinced of his word I am. He said if you abide in me. And my words abide in you. You'll ask what you will. And it'll be done for you. Oh, come on, can you see that? That means your prayer had power. And your words will have power. Why? When you become absolutely convinced. Fully persuaded of something from God. And then you say that with authority over your life. Power will accompany your words. Things will change. But we've got to get past this wavering, wondering, questioning, casual, lazy attitude about, well, whatever. Everybody has their beliefs. I don't know. You may be right. I might be right. We'll have to wait and see. Well, you will have a powerless life. Powerless. Powerless prayers. Powerless words. We don't want that. We want to walk in the footsteps of the Master. Is that right? Speaking like He spoke. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody say, speaking like He spoke. In, uh, in 2 Timothy 1.7, put that on the screen for us, if you would. 2 Timothy 1.7. It said, God has not given us the spirit of fear. But of power, everybody say power, power, power. love and a sound mind. The, uh, the Amplified, put that up if you can, Amplified, God did not give us a spirit of timidity. That's a, if you look up the word, that's a good word for, for that one here, timidity. And he goes, the Amplified goes on to say of cowardice, craven, cringing, fawning fear. But he's given us a spirit of power and of love and of calm and well-balanced mind and discipline and self-control. Why why do I say this? Because timidness is not good. Timidness is just a lesser degree of fear. It's the same bad stuff. Whether you're just a little apprehensive or whether you're in full-blown panic... It's the same stuff. Just varying degrees of it. And God does not want us to have any fear in our lives. But approaching things, your prayer, your confessions, with hesitation, shows it's not going to happen. Are y'all with me? Well, let's... uh, you know, I I, I, I'm, I think maybe this would be a good thing. Let, let's pray and see what happens. You're not ready to pray. Mm. Amen. Are you all with me? Yes. Well, I'll, I'll just say this and see. You know, I, I, I think it goes like you're not ready to say. Until you get persuaded. Amen. What did Mark 11, 23, 23 say? What did Jesus say? If you'll say, and what? Not waver, not doubt, not waver in your heart. This is a heart thing, not a head thing. Faith is not of the intellect. Faith is a, you you believe with your heart. It's the same place you love with. Hmm? Love is not Intellectual. You don't go, okay, I weigh in this and weigh in this. Yeah, a lot of I need more information to see if I love them or not. <laughs> Maybe if I had different information, I would love them. But now here's some new information. I don't love them. <laughs> love is not of the head. I mean most everybody knows that. Right. Love's of the heart. Alright? Right? Right. And faith is. Is not of the head. Faith is of the heart. And uh, when you're persuaded of something, uh, you, you may not be able to fully express to people why you are. I mean, you you can share a verse, but that doesn't mean they'll see it. I'm persuaded that God is real. Amen. Me too. Amen. And good. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And Jesus is His Son and the only Savior. The only way to God, to salvation, to heaven. I'm I'm persuaded of that. I'm not analyzing it. I want to understand more about it, but I'm not, the the jury is not out. Do you know what I mean by that? I'm not gathering information uh, to get to the point of decision. I, I, I've made my decision. I believe it. I said I believe it. I, I, I'm, I'm convinced there's an enemy. There's a thief that's trying to steal, kill, and destroy against me and against you every day of our life. But I'm convinced that he's been defeated. Yeah. And I'm convinced that we've been given the armor of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the sword of the Spirit, yes. which is the Word, the Word of power. The Word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that we've been given that name, and I have authority to speak in that name. Yes. And so when the works of the enemy try to steal from me or hurt me, I can be bold. Yes. Oh, somebody say bold, 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 not hesitant, not timid, bold, bold to speak right up and say, stop it in Jesus' name. I command you, stop in your operations, cease from your maneuvers. Now, what is a key to my words having power? I am fully Persuaded. persuaded. I am not wavering about this. I'm not wondering if I have authority in that name, if I have the right to use that name. Come on, can you see? I'm I'm not confused about it and I'm not condemned. I'm convinced. And I'm bold. That's when your words will carry impact. When you're no longer trepidatious, you're no longer timid. No longer hesitant, no longer wavering. So, and if you say, "Well, okay, I've been wavering," what you know, pray for me that I'll quit. I don't need to pray for you. You need to get your nose in the book. Are y'all with me? You you need to listen to what God said and keep listening to it and make up your mind that it's true and get it settled and quit considering alternative ideas. Stop considering alternative beliefs. Get settled. Oh, when you get settled, it's when you get powerful. Oh, when you get settled, it's when you start praying prayers. That heaven can back. Hallelujah! Oh, hallelujah. When you get settled. Yes. It's when you start making bold confessions. That the spirit of God. Amen. Can manifest. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, somebody say hallelujah. 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 I'm going to preach myself happy. Amen. Oh, somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory. Go to... Uh, Acts, the fourth chapter, please. Jesus spoke boldly. He spoke confidently. He spoke with authority. He spoke with power. And when he did, miracles happened. Evil spirits left. Diseases left. Um... Even things in nature were changed. Even the dead were raised. And he had no confusion when he spoke. And he had no condemnation. I believe this is from the Spirit of God. Church, are y'all with me? Say yes. it out loud. No confusion. No, no confusion. condemnation. No, no condemnation. We have to be in that place if we're not doubting, if we're not wavering. And then you speak, and there's power in it. Then you pray, and there's power in it. You'll see the connection between a holy boldness and miracles. You'll see that in, uh, in the book of Acts. You'll see it in Jesus' ministry. You'll see it in the book of Acts. Everybody say boldness Boldness. and miracles. In Acts 4, look with me here, please. Acts 4 and 13. Peter and John had just come by the the gate at the temple and spoke to the man who was lame. And uh, remember what Peter said? He said... uh, what I have, I'm giving you in the name of Jesus. Get up! Not in a negotiation. Right. Not a discussion. Right. Not a question. Is he sure about something? Yes. He's bold. Yes. And so then it says, when they saw the what? Bold, bold. Boldness of Peter and John and perceived they were unlearned and ignorant men. That means they, they were uneducated. They, they had no degrees in theology, no doctorate of divinity. And yet, how could they be so bold? What did he say? They marveled. Well, that sounds like they were astonished. Right? And they took knowledge of them that what? What? What, what in their mind did they link together? When they saw them so boldly and and definitely speaking, their word, Peter's word, was with authority and power. And even the people that didn't go along with it and believe in it, they immediately made the connection. That sounds like that other fellow we tried to get rid of. Is that right? That sounds like that Jesus guy. (laughs) And why? They took knowledge of them that they had what? Somebody say, they had been with Jesus. They had been with Jesus. How do I get from confused and condemned uh, to confident and bold and sure? Hang out. With Jesus. Amen. Amen. I said hang Hallelujah. out. Hang out with Jesus. Yes, sir. Listen to Him. Yes. Let Him talk to you. Yes. Let Him show you things. Amen. Fellowship with Him. Hang out in His presence. Amen. Next thing you know, you'll become convinced yes. that you are absolutely clean and washed by the blood of the Lamb and made righteous and have not one reason to be ashamed. That's right. You'll get rid of your condemnation. Hang out with Jesus. Hang out with Him. Listen to what He's saying to you. You'll become absolutely convinced that you've been authorized over every evil spirit, over every sickness and disease in His amazing name. You'll become convinced. You'll become persuaded. And you'll start acting like Him. You'll start act like they did. They started acting like him. now keep reading um, you know the religious authorities they did not like this, they did not accept this and see you see why they thought they are the authority. and even when it came to a question that Jesus asked them about something significant as far as God's plan and, and kingdom things, they just reasoned with themselves. It was time to go to God and go to the scriptures. Was John's ministry from heaven? Well, is it in the scripture? Was it prophesied? Do we have yes, yes, yes? But instead of doing that, they just reasoned with themselves. And when you just reason with yourself and you formulate your own beliefs, yourself, from yourself, the best you can do after careful examination is, I can't tell. And your words will be powerless. Now, uh, in verse uh, what twenty-eight or so, I think it is. After they were let go, uh, they they gathered together. They prayed, and in verse twenty-nine, they said, "Lord, behold their threatenings." And notice what they prayed for: Grant unto your servants that with what, Bold. with all boldness, they may speak your word. Would you? Do you need to pray for boldness? That's not a hard question. Did they pray for boldness? Well, why is it recorded, Father? Now, now th- this is an important question because there are people who think you can just be bold, that you can just work it up, and if you're feeling timid are afraid, you just need to uh you know reach down and, and get something and be bold. But if that's the case, then you wouldn't need to pray to be bold. <coughs> are y'all okay? Yeah. Hold your place here or they'll put it back on the screen. Ephesians six nineteen and twenty. Ephesians six nineteen and twenty, Paul by the Spirit said this. He said, "And for me, and what he's talking about is pray for me that utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel." He, he went on to say, "For which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak." Is he requesting that the church of Ephesus pray for him that he would get, he would have boldness and speak boldly? Excuse me. the way some people think today they would have wrote back to Paul and said hey just be bold brother we don't need to be praying for you to be bold well it wasn't just Paul talking it was the spirit of God through Paul talking so apparently he did need prayer to be bold why tell me what makes you bold come on help me we've already talked about it what makes you bold you're sure You're sure. What makes you bold? You're sure. And and the anointing reveals things to you and that's how you get sure. And the anointing moves on you and that gives you confidence. Being sure, being confident is what makes you bold. It's not something you work up. That's why they're praying for it. That's why they're asking for it. Back to Acts, if you would. Back to Acts. The fourth chapter. They said, Lord, verse 29, Behold their threatenings. Grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching forth your hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of your holy child Jesus. That's why you're not going to see miracles. If you come to pray for sick people and say, Lord, if it be thy will, huh? are you sure of anything? Nothing. Well, is it God's will for them to be healed or not? What's their conclusion? We cannot tell. Come on, can you see that? Why? Because the basis and foundation of their faith is not the word of God. It's religious tradition. It's their own opinion. It's their own interpretation of their past experiences and other people's experiences, and that will only leave you in confusion. And then people approach it like, "I'm not worthy to pray for this person, and I probably shouldn't even be asking you anything." But, but, but here goes. We, you know, we're doing the best we know how. No confidence, condemnation. Confusion, that's exactly where the enemy wants all of us to be. So that we pray powerless, nothing prayers. We pray, we speak powerless confessions, nothing words. And without Him, we are nothing. But we're not without Him. Huh? Have I missed it and made mistakes? You know I have, but I'm either clean by the blood or I'm not. I'm either made righteous by what Jesus did or I'm not. Right? And he's either given us the authority of his name or he hasn't. No, child of God, do not let the enemy trick you and beguile you into entertaining all these phony false humility stuff uh, of questioning everything and, and acting like you're nothing and you have nothing and you can't do anything. That will just leave you without. Oh, but friend, hang out with Jesus. Amen. Not with religiously confused people. Jesus. <laughs> hang out with Jesus. Yeah. Oh, somebody say hang out with Jesus. Yeah. They took notice of them that they had been with Jesus! And hanging with Jesus for those three years or so, they got rid of their goofy religious traditions. They got rid of all the stupid questions and junk that had paralyzed them for their whole life. And they began to see the truth that made them free. They began to see the reality of having authority over the enemy. And they saw what Jesus was saying. They saw what he was doing. And eventually they realized, we can do it. To. We can do that. In fact, he sent them. He authorized them and sent them to do it. Amen. And he has authorized us too. Amen. He has empowered us Amen. too. Amen. Not only were his words with authority and power, your words can carry weight. Yes. Somebody say, My words, My words can carry weight. Can carry weight. My, words My words can be powerful. Can be powerful. They will be powerful when you are convinced, when you are fully persuaded about what you're saying and what you're doing. If you're not, don't despair. Don't despair. All of us started out with different degrees of ignorance and goofy ideas. But if, if, you, if you keep hanging with Jesus and listening to him, right? Right? Your mind gets renewed. Yes. Come on, can you see that? Yes. You start thinking right. You start thinking more like Him. And you get things settled. And everything you get settled. And you walk in the light of it is an area the enemy can no longer steal from you. Amen. Did you hear that or not? It's an area the enemy can no longer destroy in your life. Every Area you get settled in and you get bold in. (laughs) I saw it in the spirit just then. I saw it in the spirit. There are people the enemy has tormented for decades. Because of just what we're talking about. They just are so wish-washy and so wavery about it. But he's going to show up in the near future and he's going to go, uh-oh, uh-oh, they found out. Uh-oh, uh-oh, they found out. Because you're going to meet him at the door and go, uh-uh, no, no. This is not a negotiation. This is not a request. I command you. Woo-hoo. Oh. Oh. And because you're doing it based on his words, Jesus words, and what you got from him, he's gonna be right there to say, yes. And the Spirit of God's gonna back it up, and that's why the devil flees. That's why he runs he flees. Because <laughs> he can't play you anymore in that area. You have found out You have got the light. You have become persuasive. Stand on your feet, everybody. Oh, somebody say, praise God. Praise God. Praise God. It says concerning that prayer that they prayed there, it said, uh, when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled and they were all filled.